Hi everybody and welcome to another CaddyCube Tuesdays. Today I'm here with Scott Terman and we're going to be talking about building a personal brand online with a book. Now I know you very well, Scott, because you helped me write my book, The Fundamentals of Brand Serps of Business. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, um, yes, that was uh, that was kind of our first uh, take existing content and just sand it down and do some interviews type of situation. But it, it's it the product turned out fantastic. Yeah, and from my perspective, I mean, before we get into all this, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about building a personal brand online with a book is lots of people are writing books to build their personal brand, and a lot of books are not very good. And what I loved about the process with you is with Emily in particular, absolutely turned it around for me at least and turned something pretty geeky that I thought was easy into something that actually is easy to understand, and that was huge. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, you know, typically we'll get calls from people, an engineer or a lawyer or a doctor, and they're like, well, do you have anybody that specializes in medicine or law or whatever? And it's it's best if we don't. We have to be able to explain <laughs> this to the, uh, to yeah. the, as my father would call it, the unwashed masses. Uh, and the only way to do that is to not maybe go in cold, not be an expert in something so you can explain it to people who aren't experts in it. Right. And I mean, I found that every time I thought everything was really, really clear, it would come back and it wasn't clear. And then we would discuss right. it and it became clear. And people have told me it's A, a real page turner, B, incredibly understandable and C, a new approach to digital marketing that they hadn't thought of before. And it's a huge thanks to you guys. But before we get into that, I looked at your brand cert, which is what I always do. Of course, Scott Terman has a knowledge panel. And it's a beautiful knowledge panel. Your website, scottturman.com, with About Media blog and humor with those rich site links. Apparently, you're funny if you've got humor. Um, that's a really nice knowledge panel. How much have you worked on that to get to this stage? So you're, you're, you're clearly the expert in this. But as I understand it, the we, I entered the, uh, the knowledge graph via Google Books. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of different ways of doing that. You know, obviously getting into the consciousness of Google, but we, I entered it along with Zoe Rose through through Google Books, um, and that and that kind of triggered it. But as a result, um, I feel like I have a deprecated knowledge panel. It's been a lot more difficult to kind of dress it up um, because I started at one spot as opposed to kind of organically appearing in whatever that whatever the mind of of Google is uh, in a different way, right. not in that kind of compartmentalized way. Um, so yeah. it's been, it started out difficult. No, but that, that's a great point because building a knowledge panel without Google Books or Wikipedia, you've got much more control because Google Books and Wikipedia, as examples, are dominant knowledge sources. So once you've got the Google Books knowledge panel, you end up being subservient, if you like, to whatever happens to be in Google Books. But you've managed to get the two companies there, Bright Ray Publishing and Bright Ray Consulting LLC. Did you work to get that or is that just a piece of luck? Um, so I think, I think what I noticed when, when that happened, I think it was when I was, I was sanding down Wikidata a little bit. Um, and I, and then that kind of, for whatever reason, made the connection in Google's brain virtually and such, yeah. uh, that those companies were connected to me somehow. And then you kind of start hanging off this kind of furniture on a, a kind of this proof and this kind of, uh, uh, almost like a breadcrumb for it to to, mm -hmm. to kind of trigger those things. But, you know, that's the thing is what I think I did probably wasn't it. It was probably a million different things, causality, causation <laughs> and such. It may or may not have been who the hell knows um, because right. it's, a, it's a black box and it takes someone like you to really understand it, to, to kind of maybe make that assessment from the outside. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what CaliQ Pro is designed to do. It's to figure out which of the things that tip the balance. But I like the idea of the breadcrumbs for the children uh, leading the child Google into the woods to be eaten by the evil witch who is Scott Terman. Um, it's funny because I, I, the moment I said it, I go, oh, yeah, don't they die? That's what a great guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, probably not a great example, but yeah. Yeah, no, and notice as well here that it says writer. Um, and whereas in your Google Books description, it says entrepreneur, IT expert, and author. And then I looked in CaliQ Pro. We've been tracking you very creepily with CaliQ Pro for the last year. Um, and you can see here where it switched from entrepreneur, uh, 1st of January, 11th of January, it was writer, then it was author, and now it's back to writer. And you can see that Google's switching between them and it's trying to make up its mind. Are you an entrepreneur? Are you an author or are you a writer? And there I'm wondering. You're all three, but you can't write all three. Sorry. Okay. Well, we published a third book. Zoe and I did another another book. And I think Google's like, that's eh, a whole lot of books to be an entrepreneur or whatever, <laughs> whatever your original title was, right? And I think right. there was, you know, whatever, the neural net, they, it, it solved the pattern. It's like, okay, uh, he's probably a writer, but... Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to manipulate that a little bit to try to get them to uh, to change the title. Um, although writer's great, I prefer entrepreneur, but we'll see. Or technologist. Well, I, I've been wondering for a while what's the difference in Google's brain between writer and author. That's a, a philosophical question. The other thing is that in the knowledge graph, your entity is in the knowledge graph, but in the knowledge graph, you're an entrepreneur, and yet it shows you as a writer in the knowledge panel. And you're doing the knowledge panel course, and I explain why in the knowledge panel course. Have you got to that part yet? Uh, let's see here. Um, I, ultimately, it's enough evidence, right? I, it's, it's based mm. on the amount of evidence for one or the other. Um, and then there may be, there, there, there is probably more evidence for the latter, possibly, but it's... Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's I said the breadcrumbs are. Oh, I gotta stop saying that. The evidence isn't thick enough, and then once I get the evidence yeah. thicker, I think I can kind of it'll 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 wait into my direction I want. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, and, and it is up to us to control it. It's up to us to tell us Google to tell Google. Sorry, are we an entrepreneur, a writer, or an author? And here I've right. been tracking the knowledge panel as well. This is the CaliQ Pro interface that shows how it's changed over the last uh, year and a bit. Um, Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, almost a year. And you can see the, the pieces of keep appearing and disappearing. You've got filter pills that have appeared at one point. Yeah. Um, that's CaliCube interface, which I find really interesting to show how your knowledge panel has changed over time and how it's evolved. And the attributes the two companies have appeared only in the last few weeks. So there's been huge changes for you at the beginning of this year. So what's interesting that's is my... that there's that filled out a lot of pictures, big pictures, right? I had that for a minute. And then it disappeared. Yep. So I, ha I had a, I was doing a test where I had um, uh, an AI generate like 70 or 80 headshots, um, different headshots based on the five or six or 10 headshots that I gave it. I renamed all those headshots to Scott Terman profile, right? And then I injected them into the knowledge, well, and basically into the consciousness, you know, via uh, via tile tags and, and, and HTML tags. But I did it via my own site, scottterman.com. Um, and then... So I'm trying to inject more more pictures of me to kind of see if I can get those to hang off, but it hasn't happened yet. Right. So as anybody watching this can see, 
now they understand why Scott and I talk a lot and why we hang out together. And uh, absolutely delightful always talking to you because you love geeking out on this stuff as well. Before, once again, moving on to the rest of it, quick announcement for WordLift here. Uh, these episodes are always produced in partnership with WordLift, who are an amazing AI tool. Uh, based in Rome, the artificial intelligence you need to grow your traffic. We absolutely love WordLift. And now I'm introducing getting your knowledge panel using the done for you service by CaliCube, the CaliCube Pro team run by the amazing Elisa. She will get you a knowledge panel as good as Scott's in an instant. Well, maybe not, maybe six months, maybe nine months, but we can get that for pretty much anybody, or I'd rather Elisa using the CaliCube Pro platform will do that. Enough of the advertising. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. Scott, tell me about building a personal brand online with a book because you started by doing that, didn't you? You thought, I'll publish a book because it's going to build my personal brand. What was the logic? It's, uh, I mean, for for for... It just feels like every time in America, anyway, when you turn the the the, the kind of morning TV on, it's uh you know you just re, you know uh, it's along the lines of oh you just you know you just published a book with this or you know it, it was always I kept seeing the reason yeah. why they were kind of uh, as a vector to get on you know in front of people in front of interviewers and such, um, and at the time I had a great need to uh, to uh, to hire a ton of software engineers. So I wrote a book that was kind of, you know, kind of helpful to those engineers in, uh, in a way that, you know, maybe would help them trust me more, help me hire more at the time. But I'm, I'm a terrible writer. Um, and, uh, you know, so I teamed up with Zoe Rose and she kind of pulled the book out of my brain and published it. And then I, I started seeing things happen. I could get on TV. I could get interviews. I could get mentions when I never had that mm -hmm. ability. And then I started to realize that, that the, the book was really like a foundational to that entire personal brand. Um, and then we just, I just, I went deep dive. I just, uh, you know, uh, I just kind of learned how to build that brand, um, you know, in, uh, along with the book. The book was kind of the way to get in. Oh, oh you yeah. know, if, 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 if the Forbes writer is trying to, you know, it's going to cite somebody and they have to prove it to their editor. Why did you cite Scott Terman? Well, yeah. he wrote a book on it, right? It's, 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 all, it's almost like that, that, that cover your butt kind of thing. Um, and uh, a book kind of gives you the, the gravitas you need at the very minimum for these writers to go to their editors or news people yeah. or, or whatever to, uh, to say, yes, I, I picked him because he's an expert. He wrote a book in this thing that, that we're talking about. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and say I wrote 12 articles for SEMrush or Search Engine Land or Search Engine Journal, that doesn't have the same authority mm -hmm. as saying, I wrote a book, which is the equivalent of 12 articles. Is that about a good approximation? Uh, it depends, right? Um, you know, we, the, some books are as high as, you know, 35, 40, 50,000 words, but I, I'm seeing a trend of it being more like 20,000 words, 25,000 words as of late, 18,000 mm. words in some cases. Uh, you know, ultimately it's that, it's the thing you touch, you know, you're, you're, it's the, it's the thing you can physically hold in your hand. And it's like this, it's a, let me explain this very complicated thing that I'm an expert in, in a condensed way. And that's, there's no better way of doing it than a book. Right. And I mean, the, the book that we wrote together, the fundamentals of brand sets for business is something you can read over a weekend. And I think that's a really good kind of 
length. I can't remember exactly how many words it is, but you get the book, you say, well, I'll read it over the weekend. It's not the whole weekend. It's reading it sitting out in the sun if you live in a, somewhere sunny. And then on the Monday morning, you get back to work and you're inspired, one would hope. Right. Uh, you know, uh, you know, no one, no one, no one's going to read. It's just, it, we're, we're in such a, we're, we're in a world now where the attention, attention spans mm-hmm. of, of, of mice on Adderall and the ability to, to, to really absorb and hold that knowledge for 40,000 words. I mean, it's war and peace, you know, no one, yeah. you know, it's just impossible for us to all kind of get it all at once. And if you kind of, you know, hyper-focus on one topic, you know, that, that one group of people are really going to kind of key off mm-hmm. of, they're really going to get it. That's got way more value than some general book that maybe appeals to a larger amount of people, but you haven't really appealed to anybody. It's those rabid followers who are, who are, you know, desperate to understand yeah. this one particular topic. That's the real value. I'd rather write a book for 5,000 people than write for a million. You write it for 5,000 people. You've written it for your true believers, write it for a million. You write it for nobody, you know? Right. Yeah. And you, you talk a lot about people. I mean, you were aiming to please the coding people market because you needed to employ them. So your right. approach was saying, I need to become an authority in my industry to the people in my industry, as opposed to a lot of people from the SEO industry are saying, I want to publish a book because I want to become an authority in Google's eyes. Do you want to kind of discuss a little bit that difference? Because you've now seen how powerful it is for Google, but that wasn't initially your intent. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely, it's almost like I was, it's almost like I, I like trying things to see what's going to happen. Right. Um, yeah. cause there's, there's, <laughs> I mean, think about what, what just writing a book opened up for me. It opened up an entire new business model, entire new everything. But if I wouldn't even have tried that, I would never know if I would have been timid or scared of what do I know? What can I possibly teach people? That's, that's kind of the wrong way of looking at it. Right. Um, mm. and you know, from your perspective, you were you are you already were the authority in this area, but n- not everybody knew it, right? Yeah. And what the book did was it was uh, can be foundational was, you know, foundational for you to say I wrote the book in this thing that I've always been the expert in, but the book kind of codifies it, right? Um, and that's you can kind of build the whole thing, the whole brand, kind of that is the foundational uh, uh, piece. Mm-hmm. Now, if you just would go, you know, sure, you could do a thousand interviews and a thousand things and. Thousand different blog articles, but ultimately the book is what separates you. You know, everybody has a LinkedIn profile, but not everybody has a book, as an example. Right. Yeah. No, and the, the interviews is a good point. I've done 120 podcast interviews on other people's podcasts in the last year and a bit. That hasn't brought me half the value that the book has. And I've only sold four or 500 copies of the book. The book hasn't sold, it hasn't made any money but it's nailed me as an authority in this space. And as you say, people say, well, he wrote the book on it, so he must be the authority. Whereas before it was, he's written lots of articles, but we're not really very sure what he does. There's, there's real two huge values for the book, right? One of it is obviously becoming the authority. That's, that's the first value. Mm-hmm. Um, the second that I've seen that, that people leverage it the best is when they, uh, when they have incoming interest in what they do, whatever it is their company or their services or whatever. And the first thing that you should do is drop this in a FedEx and FedEx the book to them. If you have a, if you have a sale, if you sell something that's a couple thousand dollars, what is four bucks? What is $3 plus shipping, you know, to go close the sale to go, look, I am the authority. Here's my book. Um, and then it leads on to other things. The book itself is not the profit center. The book is, it's the thing that leads to things that are profitable. 
um, you know, part, part branding, obviously, but also the, you know, let me convince you I'm the person to talk to you on this particular topic. I'm the one you should engage. My company is the one you should engage services. Let me teach it to you first and kind of prove it to you as, you know, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And, and, and one thing with, with the book that we wrote together was that I th- I, I was just trying to get the message across to, to point out to people the Google search result for your name is hugely important and hugely insightful. And that message is now getting across. And I think the book was the, the, uh, the, the springboard to that. But the next question is, I thought I could just write it on my own. And I didn't realize that I would be too geeky talking to basically myself. And that wasn't going to work out. And the other thing, I would have struggled immensely to have the uh, self-discipline to actually write the book over six months. It took us six months. Um, do you find that with everybody? I mean, people turn up and say, I could write a book. I don't need you. Yeah. We, uh, Bright Ray, think of Bright Ray as the writing, a writing team. I mean, in, a mo- in, mo- in the modern world, you see the likes of, I don't know, from, from Hillary Clinton to Michelle Obama to uh, you know, just a slew of stars, a slew of few experts, you know, in certain fields, they all had writing teams. No one writes the book alone. They didn't edit their own book. They didn't create mm. their own cover, right? It's, there's always a writing team with always mostly writing teams, you know, for these kind of formidable projects. Um, you know, and when I hear that, well, I'm just going to do it myself. I'm like, well, we're going to do it an hour a day. It's the discipline it takes to really make that happen. You could do it an hour a day and be done in six months, right? Or you could do it an hour a week with a writing team and be done in six months and not spend an hour a day doing it. And that's that's the difference, right? And the end result is, you know, our writers know how to write books. I don't know how to write a book. Do you know how to write a book? You know, in terms of just from zero to, you know, to, to 20,000 words, you need yeah. someone who's trained in this. It's already, you know, publishing, you know, a handful of books before you get, you know, they get to your project. Um, because we're the experts, we know how to do it. Whereas, uh, the people, the, the people who want to do it themselves, they're probably going to get it wrong the first time. And you probably would have got it wrong. You, you would have eventually gotten your book out, but I don't know if it would have been near as accessible, mm. right. Um, to right. the, to the, again, my father's quote, the unwashed masses. I, I, yeah. And I really like the bit where at the end of every chapter, we were looking for what can we say at the end of this chapter to make sure they don't put the book down but they turn the page to go on to the next chapter. And that's kind of reminds me of Charles Dickens or Thomas Hardy, the, the real page turner cliffhanger at the end of a chapter. It's a storytelling, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's absolute storytelling. And, uh, and 80, 90% of every movie on the planet goes something like this. Someone has a problem. Someone makes an expert. That expert helps them. They learn something from it. And then they solve the problem. Name it, Star Wars, name a movie that's literally, it's, that's, that's, the, that's every movie ever made that's been, you know, been seen more than 10 times. <clears throat> you had a hero's journey, you had, he had a, an Odyssey style journey to get to the, you know, to, 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 that had formed your opinions, right? You define this problem and then now you help them solve it. That's literally the, how most of these business books kind of go. How I got here, why I believe the things I do and how these things can help you solve your problem. Um, and, uh, and that kind of rhyme and rhythm, those book theses, how the chapters all kind of weave together from thesis to thesis that takes skill Uh, and it takes someone who's done it for a while and it takes someone who's trained in it. Um, and the average human just doesn't have it. Right. No, a hundred percent. I agree. And next question is I've got a limited amount of time. Shall I do a podcast for my authority and to build my audience or should I write a book? 
I would argue that you start with the book. Um, you know, ultimately you're going to have to get, <laughs> ultimately you are going to have to get guests and no one is going to take you seriously unless you've actually got some body of work that shows that you, that you're a serious human, you know what you're talking about. And then you're worth, you're worth their time. A book kind of does that. If you're starting cold, hmm. right? Why should they come on your podcast? Sure. You could get your uncle Joe all day long, but you're not going to get someone that you would really want to interview without having some body of work. And, you know, uh, you know, minus that body of work, it's going to be kind of a, a, of an issue. So I would argue, depending on where you are in your career or life, that book is, uh, is makes that podcast a heck of a lot easier. And uh, yeah, and the same thing for podcast guesting. I mean, if I want to go on a podcast and I say I've got a book, once again, more credibility, more authority, easier to get on podcasts. Would that be fair? Yes. But the book is actually right. does more than that, right? It also codifies in your brain your pitch, right? You've right. written a book on it. You've really thought about it 24 hours a day for, for three to six months, sometimes a year if you're doing it yourself. And it really gets down the pitch. It gets down the facts. It gets down exactly what it is and how you think about things. It kind of it kind of solidifies all the all the the kind of foundational you know belief systems in what you mm. know. Then the podcast is a lot easier too, uh, because now you can really explain it a lot better. You can kind of you're doing it from a place that's exceedingly well thought out. Sure, go get a, go get a computer science degree, but go write a book on AI, and you'll have a different outlook. Uh, hmm. uh, or you'll be able to interview differently. You'll be better at what you do and explaining yourself better, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I found it forced me to really think about what I was saying. Uh, writing courses was the same thing when I wrote the, the courses for the CaliCube Academy. It forced me to sit down and think, what am I actually saying? Do I know what I'm saying? Or do I just think that I'm right? And uh, for the Knowledge Panel course in particular, it was then thinking, now I need to research to figure out if I actually know that or I just think I know it. And I hope to be speaking to Matt Art soon about, he wants to talk about what we know, sorry, what we know we know, what we don't know we know, what we know we don't know, and what we don't know we don't know. That's going to be a good episode. I believe there's one more of those. It's Ooh. what we think we know that's actually horse crap. There's certain things, right? <laughs> there's certain things that are alive. They're like, oh, well, the reason I believe that is this thing. No, it's not. Really think about it. There's things, there, there's, there's opinions you may have that may or may not be on reality or facts. I mean, I mean, not, not to mention right now, you're looking at me onto a screen and there is, mm. a, there is a blind spot in your eye that your brain is literally filling in with light and filling in that's actually there. There's literally no receptors there, yet your brain has filled it in. What else is it filling in, right? It, yeah. it, it, it constantly kind of makes up for what it doesn't know in a world that can only perceive at a certain speed. And, and here we are. There are some things you think you know you don't really know. And there's some opinions you have that were built on false information. Uh, it, it just goes on and on and on. But, uh, but right. you know, it, it, so I believe there's a sixth version of that where there's things you think you know that just aren't right. <laughs> you formed the wrong opinion because you had the wrong information because you perceived it incorrectly to begin with. Right. Well, I'll add that into the interview with, with Matt when he does come on the show. But we've talked about kind of the authority with humans. Now, you, you've talked to me a lot about Google. We've discussed it. What are your thoughts about the authority that it builds in Google's brain? I mean, we talk about expertise, experience, authority, and trustworthiness a great deal in the SEO industry. How, can, how does a book work for you in terms of Google? Well, look at it this way. You know, from what I understand of, of knowledge panels, if you don't, if you make a bunch of noise and you 
organize that noise that's kind of a circular firing squad that says, look, this site agrees with this site, which agrees with this site, and it all points back to yourname.com. You've, you've been trying to convincing Google that you're interesting enough of a, of a, of a noun, right? Mm-hmm. You go classify as a noun, a human, a person, or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. and then kind of trigger it out. Um, now, a book, it really, if, if you do it correctly and you publish the book correctly, you can trigger a knowledge panel through the book, through, the, through Google Books, pretty quick. Now, it won't be fully filled out. It won't be near as good, in my opinion, as, as one if you had kind of started it in an organic mm-hmm. way. But Google took it so seriously that it at least tested it. It floated the opportunity for you to claim your knowledge panel for a week or two after you do it. Because, by the way, if you don't, it goes away uh, in Google Books. Um, and whereas if you did it organically, it stays, you know, it, it, it's a lot more filled out. Um, but with that said, that that tells me Google takes it very serious that when you're an author that, hey, we mm. should probably go kind of check this noun out and see if we should classify them and give them uh, their ID and such. Yeah, I was going to say it's an easy way to get a knowledge panel, but it's not. It takes six months to write and it costs a lot of time and, and money. Um, and then it comes on to the really tricky question about knowledge panel spam, which is people publishing plagiarized rubbish spun books to try to get a knowledge panel. Uh, there's a huge danger of that getting out of control. It's coming. Um, you know, the, the, the days of expertise, right? Now, any, with, the, with the likes of a chat GPT or, or anybody can act and, and sound like an expert in something when mm. it's all horse crap. The, the days of expertise or, or at least being able to see what an expert really sounds like is, is becoming murkier and murkier. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you spin up a, a rubbish, garbage, unreadable, no value book. Google really needs to get better at classifying what good is. What's quality look like? What does it look right. like in a quantitative, measurable way when it's just 10,000 words, right? And I'm right. not, you know, uh, they're really going to have to get a hold of that really quick. Yeah, one of the discussions we had a great deal when we were working was a book called The Brand Serp Guy, which is my pseudonym. And it was, it was garbage. And they had, the people had written it just to get onto the brand SERP of the brand SERP guy, which was ironic. And what ended up happening is I pushed information to Google to say, it's actually me, the brand SERP guy. The, the book knowledge panel that they had just disappeared off Google. And the results disappeared off Google. So Google does have that capacity. But I actually had to actively work to indicate to Google that it wasn't the right thing that people weren't looking for that specific book. It's asymmetric warfare, right? It's so easy for them to spin up some piece of garbage and it's very difficult to then go, to go fix it. It's, it's mm. asymmetrically harder uh, to go fix it than it is to just go spin up some garbage. Now, I believe that Google's working on it and they'll probably get it right. Mm. But, uh, you know, at least a couple months ago, it, was, it, was, it took a minute to go get that figured out. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's the other thing. I mean, you talk about the organically built knowledge panel is more solid, uh, is more reliable. You can build it out much better. Using a book to get a knowledge panel is one option, but Google's figuring out that the book in and of itself isn't enough and it will disappear if you can't prove your expertise and your authority through another set of sources, which involves what you were talking about earlier on, um, proving with all the different corroborative sources around the web that you are indeed an expert and authority. Brilliant. Now, we, we end every episode with these questions. You can answer one of them or you can answer both of them. And this is one of the episodes where the question is really simple. It's a shoe in because we're talking about 
personal branding online. So how does writing a book help with branded search or how does branded search tie in with writing a book? So um, I believe that branded search and all things that uh, when, when, when you're being measured, right, so to speak, by Google, uh, they're looking for some type of authority. Um, and a book, there just isn't a better way to create authority than being an author of a book. Um, and, you know, it, it feels like, it feels like, you know, you're like, Hey, Google, look at me. Now Google looks at you. And if you're not making enough noise, you're just going to disappear. Uh, that book helps, helps at the very minimum, hold your hand up, right. To kind of start the process of at least Google classifying you as a noun and, and figuring out the what's what. Um, so I, I believe the, the, the book is quintessential in truly building that kind of brand, and then with branded search, it, it, it's just more proof that you should be listened to. You should be taken seriously in your area of expertise. Brilliant. Wonderful. And the reason we now ask that question at the end is because the podcast has now changed from being called with Jason Barnard to being called Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Indeed. Barnard. So we need to fit branded search into every single episode whether it's a good fit or not. Next week, I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult than it was this week because we'll be talking to Nat Rosasco about agencies and how they can create a bespoke project that wows their clients. CaliCube is now an agency. We work on with our clients on knowledge panels and brand SERPs, and I'm really interested in this episode because I want to build that agency by creating great projects that really do wow our clients. So Nat is going to be here next week. Scott, could you pass the baton to Nat? I virtually passed the baton. Thank you very much. That's absolutely delightful. That was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I love talking about books and brand SERPs and knowledge panels. And it was a pleasure talking about it with you, Scott. It was awesome talking to you. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Scott Terman. Cali Cube. It's all about your brand SERP.